couple of things. Um, Joe and Erica, welcome back. Belize crew. May that be the last time you use that. Um, we're hoping uh, the, in two weeks on the 30th, uh, I think they'll be taking over the service um, and sharing what the Lord uh, did. Amazing stuff going on. Uh, second, uh, Kayla, thank you for leading. Um, Your, uh, your pastor is, uh, yeah, uh, disrupted today. Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> May he get the glory. Amen. Um, so uh, in worship, the Lord said, you're preaching something different. So praise the Lord. Um, <laughs> So those of you who have outlines, uh, just, you know, you scratch them out. And, uh, I'm, I actually, look, praise the Lord, he, he gave me some sense that this probably was coming today. Um, and uh, matter of fact, I was texting with uh, Becky last night and told her, I said, um, I, I'm kind of half feel like tomorrow God's just going to bring something different. And uh, so anyway, so he did. Uh, and I had no idea last night there was going to be this, but uh, praise the Lord. Um, understand, uh, I just, I just want to be clear. Um, he is holy. He is good. I'm depraved. I'm messed up. I got sin all through me. My thoughts, my perspectives, my actions, they're not, they're not pure. They're not holy. They're not clean. They're not good. He is good. Um, Revelation chapter 5 came to me about a week and a half ago uh, as we were prepping for Good Friday service just kind of out of the blue. Uh, I don't know why it came to me, but uh, it just like, just all of a sudden came to me. I thought, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do with this? Um, do you want this included in, in service for the Easter weekend or something? And, and it just like, no, it wasn't it. Uh, pretty much uh, didn't think about that chapter again until Friday night when I was here again, uh, spending time in worship during our sacred space. And uh, this chapter came back. Uh, then I didn't think about it at all yesterday while doing final, trying to do final preps for my message for today, which is right here. It's beautiful. It's all ready to go, and God is amazing. Um, and until uh, this morning when he all of a sudden, as soon as we started worshiping, I'm sitting there, and, and, and God said, you need to preach Revelation 5. So uh, anyway. So I, I don't know how this is going to go. I'm not prepared to reach, preach on this chapter, but I am just going to read through. And as I feel like the Lord directs, uh, I'll highlight and, and pause. And, and so turn to that chapter with me, um, and we'll see what happens. Amen? Are you guys okay? You all right? You freaking out? You're like, Pastor, going, what are you doing? If you're, if, 
If you're, if you're new, I'm sorry, I don't normally do this, but um, anyway, God's good, and so we'll see what happens, and maybe I'm freaking you all out, and I know I'm freaking myself out, it's going to be good. <laughs> Revelation 5, chapter, or verse 1, then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll? And break the seals. And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look into it. And I began to weep. Weep loudly. This isn't one of those sweet little kind of teary moments in John's life. This is wailing because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. Do you need Jesus? Do we need Jesus? Are you, are you so desperate that you find yourself weeping without him? I'm so struck, I was struck when I, first time I read this, and I've read Revelation 5 a bunch of times, but that John is weeping because there's no one there with the authority, with the authority to, to, to be able to judge the living and the dead. That's what's coming, right? This is, this is the sealed judgments, right? And then after that, we've got the, you know, the bold judgments and the signs and the trumpets and all that, right? I mean, all that's coming. This is the beginning of judgment. And he's weeping because there's no one there who has the authority to open the seals, to judge the righteous and the unrighteous. Do you need Jesus? Do you want Jesus? If Jesus isn't there, if Jesus isn't with you, if you're not sensing him with you, are, are you weeping? We're so, we're so distracted by this world. We're distracted by politics. We're, dis, we're distracted by careers. We're distracted by measuring up. We're distracted by the American dream. Speaking of dreams, I had, a, I had a friend of mine, a best friend of mine, one of my best friends had a dream back in like September, October. And some of you I've shared this with, but it was such a profound dream. But it was so freaky because at the end, he got the clear, very clear word from the Lord that he was to share it with me. And he shared that dream with me. And I was reading through the whole thing. And then at the end, when he like kind of comes to the point, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is for me. What are you doing, God? But the point of the dream was this. The dream's amazing. But the point of the dream is this. Pastor Sean, don't get distracted. Don't get distracted by all the politics and the things that are going on in this crazy world right now. Don't get distracted by the tensions 
Don't get distracted by all of the things that the world wants you to get focused on. But more than that, and this was the revelation, I think, for me at the time, was don't get distracted by leading the church. Don't get distracted by all the stuff that needs to be done and all the organization and all the, you know, the pieces that need to come together. Don't get distracted by any of that. Keep your eyes on me and preach the gospel. Are, are you distracted? Do you, are you distracted by the things that this world is throwing in your face every day? Does Jesus just get sloppy leftovers of your heart and of your life, of your time, of your attention? Is this the only time in the week that you spend thinking about Jesus? As I preached last week, Jesus is not, it's not a religion, this Christian thing. Jesus doesn't want a bunch of just people to come and serve him. Jesus wants intimate relationship with every one of us. Every one of us. He knows you perfectly, uniquely. And he wants a unique relationship with you. But that doesn't come by just showing up on Sunday mornings. Now, it's not that he doesn't have grace for that. He is a good, good father. And some of us who just show up on Sunday mornings, praise the Lord, someday when we do pass from this life to the next, we will get to enter eternity with him. But what are we waiting for? Why are we waiting for intimacy till then? Why are we waiting for intimacy until sometime later? Why are we waiting for all the amazing gifts and blessings that he has for us until eternity? Why do we allow the world to be more important than Jesus? Why do we allow the world to distract us from focusing on him and getting to know him and, and drawing into intimacy with him and trusting that he wants us there? And not settling, not settling for just like, okay, I kind of got far enough, right? I, you know, I, I feel like, okay, one time I had this experience and Jesus was there. That's not enough. I am telling you, I have, I'm experiencing, and now again, it's not about just emotions. It's not just about experience, right? He is there whether we experience him or not. But there are so many of us that are settling for experiences we had when we were a kid or 20 years ago or 30 years ago or whatever. Like, no, he is still alive today. He is still active today. He is still working today. And he knows you. He's working in your heart. He's working in your life. He's speaking to you. And here's the reality. If you don't recognize it, you are either one of two things. Arrogant, because you think all the great thoughts you've had are your own. Or just foolish and missing out on all that he has for you, all that he wants to do in you, through you. One of the elders said to me, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah and the root of David has conquered so that he can open the scroll in its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain. With seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. 
the, the irony of the imagery lamb. as though it had been slain. And you couple that with the previous verse, the root of David has conquered. I mean, the irony of that, like how many of you, like if you were going into battle, would want to be riding on a lamb? <laughs> right? I mean, you've seen the little kids when they're riding lambs. It's so cute, right? How many of us would want to ride on a lamb into battle? Do you, do you see the irony of this, this imagery? That the, it's the lamb, not just any lamb, but the lamb that was slain that is the conqueror. Gentle and lowly, right, is Jesus. Matthew chapter 11 talks about. Gentle and lowly is Jesus. He came compassionate, willing to serve, wanting to serve, caring for us, seeking us, wanting intimacy again with us. But he came to conquer. And when he took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne, and when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayer of the saints. Do you realize he listens to your prayers? bowl of incense. That's what our prayers are. Do you cry out to Jesus? Are you seeking him? You know, prayer is not just about giving him all of our needs. That's part of it. But it's not, it's about intimacy with him. It's about unity with him. It's about connecting with him. It's about knowing him. It's about being with him and being aware of him. We need, we need prayer. Just over the last year, you know, the Lord has been just convicting my heart in this area of prayer. <laughs> I, I remember uh, Karen Donaldson. She found a new seat, by the way. <laughs> Change the chairs around. You know, everybody got to find a new seat. Uh, I was thinking the other day that I should start sitting in different spots around the church every week, you know, just to kind of mess with people. Uh, anyway, that's the kind of pastor you have. I'm sorry. Um, so I remember Karen, uh, I don't know how, six, seven, eight months ago, we had got done with prayer and, you know, on Tuesday nights, we have a prayer meeting down here. And for the last several years, I've come, you know, every other week-ish or so and, and been there. And, uh, and, you know, Glenn and Karen, man, they're just so faithful in prayer. And they just are there, no matter if anybody shows up or not, right? And, uh, man, that's like, I don't know if I could do that. 
But I remember Karen saying something at the end. She said, she said to me, she goes, I'm glad you came. And I go, yeah, it was really good. I'm glad I was here. And then she said something. She says, I'm praying that you'll come every week. <laughs> right? And God did something in me with that, right? And, and this is, this is the, the privilege, but also the arrogance of pastors. If God's saying it to me, he's saying it to you. Um, are you praying? I, I, know, I know life is busy. I know you've got a lot of things going on, and some of you got kids that are just, I mean, you're just a taxi driver all day long. And I get that, right? I, and I'm just a pastor. I'm paid to be there, right? Um, so I get it. But, but I, I, you don't necessarily have to be here on Tuesday nights, and that's not my point. My point is, are you praying? And I know many of you do, but one of the things I've, I've noticed even just recently in regards to this is that um, there are many Tuesdays I don't want to come. And, and so I forced myself to go with a great attitude. Okay, fine, I'm going, God. I'm going to pray to you. <laughs> but here's the thing. Whenever I do, like, I never, I never regret it. Right? And you guys who pray know that, right? But, but I just want to, you know, prayer is important, right? It's not just something, again, this is not ritualistic. This is not about religion. This is not about appeasing a great and mighty God who will smite you if you don't listen to him and pray. But it's about intimate relationship. Are you praying? Are you spending time with him? Are you listening? Are you speaking? Are you, are you, are you responding? Are you worshiping him? You know, we're doing this thing on Friday nights now, and I thank, thank to the Severns and the Crops for doing this for a couple years now, uh, every other Friday night, the sacred space times. Like, are you worshiping? Do you care to worship? Do you have any inspiration to worship? Here, here's the thing that, you know, I know that there's, I was in a church who was very, it was a, a church that did, uh, they didn't worship like you kind of, there was, they just, they very, like, they didn't raise their hands, okay? They, there was no dancing. There was no, there was, it was very, and it was okay. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that this kind of worship is like not pleasing to God. But here's the thing. This is something that the Lord has brought to me over the time is like, I believe that God can be worshiped in a thousand ways. And for me, my, I feel like the call for me is that I want to worship him as many ways as I possibly can. So I'm sorry, if you don't worship, if you don't connect with God in music, who cares? Connect with God in worship because it's worship, right? In song, right? Take the time to step out and say, you know what? I'm going to stand. I can't sing worth a lick. Talk to, I, I, that's okay. Like belt it out. Like, Right? She knows what I'm talking about, and not because she, <laughs> Becky knows. Uh, are you exuberant in your worship? Like, are, are you just like, who, it's not about you. It's not like about other people looking at you. It's about you seeking Jesus, keeping your eyes on him, worshiping however he wants you to worship. In that church in Richland, I had to learn how to worship God in a new way because they did not worship the way I like to worship. 
What we do here, oh my gosh, I'm in. This is easy for me. I love it. Up there, it was very different and very hard. And after several years of me going, this isn't work, God. You got to fix this. He said, you're not working. You got to fix you. (laughs) And I finally surrendered and said, okay, Lord, I'm going to just worship you in this. I'm going to engage. I'm going to step in. It's uncomfortable, yes, but I'm going to do it. And over time, actually, it became comfortable. And then he gifted me with this place. And I was like... (laughs) (laughs) I love this next little section. (laughs) And they sang a new song. (sighs) Do you know where new songs come from? New experiences with our Savior and Lord. Do you get that? Like, how long has it been since you sang a new song? Is your knowledge and understanding of God still what it was 20 years ago? 10 years ago? 5 years ago? God is alive and active. Hebrews 4, 12, right? The word of God is alive and active. Actually, I have that verse. Let's put it up there uh, on the screen. Brian, you want to put that one up there? It's in my sermon slides. Ha <laughs> ha, it's a little, a little slide over. I, it's good. It's in the sermon slide section. Hebrews 12, I can look it up, I suppose, too. It's right here. I, got, I have a Bible right in front of me. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 12, I'll read it. For the word of the Lord is living and active, sharper than two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints, of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Now, I've said this before, but some people will look at, you'll stop right there and they say that we're talking about the, the Bible. That's what we're talking about here. And, and the Bible is alive and active, don't get me wrong. But read the next verse and we find out what this verse is kind of talking about. It says, and... No creature is hidden from his sight. Wait a second. Now we're not talking about a book that's black and white pages. His sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Who is that? Jesus. He's alive and active, moving in our midst. He's with us. He's working. How long has it been since you've written and sang a new song. Do you have nothing new to sing praise about? Are you still leaning into, again, the songs of old? And again, the songs of old are great. I mean, I love hymns too. We sang a bunch of them today. You're killing it. Like, I love that. Right? Good. Good stuff. But is that it? I mean, Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever, right? But... He is still moving and working in our life. Are we experiencing him in new ways? Are we being drawn into new areas of understanding of who he is? I'm telling you today, I'm I'm experiencing that right now in this moment. Like, okay, God, here we go. I don't know what you're going to do, but you're going to do something. All right, I may look like a fool in the end, but praise you, right? If this is what it takes to get you glory, then let's do it. How long has it been since you sang a new song? If you haven't experienced Jesus in some time, then... What are you doing? Seek him. Clamor for him. Weep for him. Look for him. He will be found. He has more for you. He he wants. It's it's not that we need more from him. It's that he has more for us. 
He's already done it all on the cross, right? We don't need, you know, sometimes we kind of like, no, this is not enough, Jesus, what you did on the cross, and I need more. No, 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 no. We need to experience more of him. Yes, we don't need him to do more. We just need him to reveal himself more in us, through us. What is he doing? What is he, where is he active? We're not perfect. We still need to grow. We still need to learn. We still need to figure out who he is because he is worthy Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God. Here's the gospel message that Jim was talking about. From every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Are you reigning with Jesus? We, we are all priests. As the Lord has begun to move in our midst this year in ways that we've not typically seen in our church, uh, some healings that have happened, some deliverances from the demonic that have happened and continue to be worked on, right, in different areas, uh, you know, the Lord convicting of sin, the Lord moving and empowering us to ministry, uh, people coming to Christ, you know, baptisms. We had another baptism at Belize. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Caleb, right here. Nice. I'm a little bitter that I didn't get to do it, but that's okay. <laughs> Could have waited. <laughs> Joe had a great idea, though. Uh, we should do destination baptisms <laughs> for a small fee of $1,000. <laughs> you could fly me and yourself <laughs> to Belize. It'll be great. Uh, <laughs> We all are priests. As God has been moving, one of the things that he's beginning to re speak to me about in recent uh, weeks um, is that, you know, for, for many years, and, and, and again, this is not, this, I'm not criticizing saying that like God didn't use this or this is wrong or whatever, but for many decades, many centuries, the church has, uh, the primary people who have done, it seems like church, ministry is it, it, like it is all focused on the pastor like it's the pastor's job to do these things right uh, if you need deliverance you go to the pastor if you need healing you go to the pastor if you need this you go to the pastor if you need a gas card you go to, go to the pastor right <laughs> um, uh, but here's what I feel like the Lord is beginning to speak to me is that like those days are done because uh, we're all priests in God's kingdom. We all have Jesus with us. Uh, you do not need to be trained to be on the prayer team in order to pray for people. You just need to have Jesus, right? So if you have the Holy Spirit in you, he, you can hear him, him speak and tell you what to pray for. We, you don't need to have, you know, now, you know, you, need to, you don't need to be trained to drive out a demon. I'm sorry, you don't, okay? Jesus over and over again just walked up to him and said, in the name of Jesus, in name of me, he says, get out, right? Uh, so, right, we can do this. Now, again, it might be some idea to have some idea of some of the things going on, but you don't need to be trained. Here's the, that's the reality. We are all, we don't need to be trained to, to preach the gospel. Um, you know, again, we can get tools for evangelism, but I think what we're missing is not, you know, a, an understanding of how to share the gospel. It's just, we're, we're, we're missing just doing it. 
We're missing having just the courage to say when somebody walks up to us and says, I'm really not feeling well, or I'm having this, or I just got diagnosed with cancer. Instead, we, you know, what we typically do is, oh, you just had cancer. Oh, I'll pray for you, you know, and then we move on, right? No, 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 stop. We're afraid to pray for healing for people, whether they're Christians or not. Like, why? We're... We, we won't step in and do the work, right, that Jesus has given us. Again, I think we're distracted. We're distracted by this world. We're afraid of this world. This world has got its claws in us. And we're freaking out like, oh, what are they going to say? If I stand up and say, can I pray for you? They're going to yell at me. Oh, okay. 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 Oh, man, what time is it? I'm probably going, oh, we're Okay. Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voices of many angels numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands. I, what I love about Revelation, you know, I, Revelation gets, I think, a bad rap because it's, you know, just seen as like this mysterious book that's all about the end times and we can't understand it and, or it's really crazy, or it's really confusing or whatever. I'm sorry, man, there's just some great imagery in here. Like, just stop trying to figure out what it, you know, all means for the future and just receive what it is right now. Can you imagine this scene? Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures the, and the elders, the voice of many angels numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Ah, oh, what a scene. Do you worship him? Do you worship the lamb that was slain? And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders bowed down and worshiped. Okay, the Lord taught me this, and so you get to learn it as well. Um, John 21. Verse 15, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my sheep. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you know, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you.
I think this is a question that Jesus asks all of us over and over again. He's asked me this recently. (laughs) And I wept as I spoke the words out loud. I love you. Do you love Jesus? Do you love him? I'm not talking about liking him. Like maybe someday we'll date. (laughs) I'm talking about love him. Again, emotions get such a bad rap by some, right? We can sometimes look at emotion. We can't, you know, that's, that, we got to be careful with that, right? Because emotions, we just can't trust. You never know. It's true, but God's given us emotions. And one of those emotions is love. Do you love Jesus? And just like with, you know, a spouse or, you know, with a friend even, that love starts, you know, it's not, it's not too deep, right, to start with. But as time goes on, as you experience life with that person, that love and that feeling grows and takes more and more of your, of your soul, more and more of your mind, more and more of your body. My wife is gone this weekend up celebrating my grandson's first birthday. Boop, boop, boop. Noah G, no man. Um... And it's like, life is different when she's not here, right? I, I feel different. Like, I need her and those eyes that tell me, that's too far, stop, right? <laughs> we... <sighs> the Lord's allowing me to enjoy more and more of that love for him. And, and, I, and, and it, yeah, it's emotional. Not always emotional. But what that means is that more and more of my life is spent with him. And more and more of my life I can't, I can't do without him. Are you, are you spending time with Jesus? Are you weeping for Jesus? Are you weeping for him to show up in your life? Are you weeping for him to reveal himself? Are you weeping weeping that he would actually show that, yeah, he is real, he cares, he knows what's going on in your heart? Do you, are you praying to him? Are you seeking him? Are you spending time with him to talk to him, to hear from him, to listen to his voice, to know who he is and what he's doing and what he wants to say to you? Are you listening to him? Are you praying to him? Are you worshiping him? In whatever way he wants. Whatever way comes. At any moment, at any time, are you worshiping him? Is your week filled with worship? Are you singing new songs to him? The gospel is not about ritual. The gospel is not about religion. The gospel is not about appeasing an angry God. The gospel is that this all-powerful, all-knowing, all-good creator of everything and sustainer of all life came and died on the cross for you so that you could be an intimate 
relationship with him. Loving intimacy with Jesus. I think maybe part of why Jesus wanted me to preach this message today was because of the stirring that's been in my heart for you. Because I know there's some that aren't enjoying this intimacy and this love with Jesus yet. And you are distracted by the world. Or you've just settled for something that's lesser. Just settled for a theology or a, 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 just for a religion. And I know that what I'm experiencing isn't because I'm great, isn't because I'm holy, isn't because I'm this, you know, some kind of superstar Christian. It's for all of us. And I don't want you to miss out. I don't want you to continue to live your numb lives chasing after the things of this world. There's so much more out there for you with Jesus. He is worth the sacrifice. He's worth the struggle and the pain to even at the end of the day when you're wiped out and you're just done and you just don't have any more energy to instead of just flicking on the TV and totally you know, just going numb in your brain to stead, flick on some worship music, get on your knees and just praise him. He's worth it. He's worth giving up the American dream for. He's worth giving up all of the struggle, the things that you're going to lose. He's worth giving up your reputation for with other people. He's worth looking like a fool for. He is worth it all. It doesn't matter what happens tomorrow. It doesn't matter what happened yesterday. The only thing that happened matters is where is Jesus? What is he doing? Is he still with me? And I'm good. We're good. So please don't settle. Please. There's so much more. Jesus wants this intimacy with you. He wants this loving relationship with you. If you're not experiencing that, seek it. Seek first his kingdom. Hey, we got that one on there too. <laughs> seek first his kingdom. Seek first his kingdom. Seek first Jesus. All right, worship team, come on up. Heavenly Father, I, um, I thank you that you are good. Even though I'm not, <laughs> you are. Thank you. Lord, I don't know what you're doing in individual hearts. I know what you're doing in mine, and I thank you for that. But, but Lord, I do pray, I trust that you are working in people's hearts right now. Lord, you're speaking something to them. Lord, I pray that you'd follow your voice with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to help them to do what you're calling them to. Whatever it is, Lord, maybe it's, maybe it's weeping. <laughs> maybe it's prayer. Maybe it's worship. 
Maybe it's more boldness to proclaim your truth and your gospel. Lord, your word is alive and active, which means that it's not meant for us just to hear it and for it to do nothing. (laughs) So much of our lives today are about entertainment. We come and we sit and watch a movie and and are entertained, and then you leave the movie, you kind of forget about it. It's like it's over. Yeah, it was a great movie or whatever. Or even go home watching sports on TV or other shows, or it's just entertainment. It's not meant to, you know, necessarily main you know, big change in your life. But Lord, your word is meant to change us. So Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit again would empower change in us today. Lord, draw us into greater intimacy with you. Lord, I pray that you would just overwhelm our life, Lord. We couldn't get you out of our minds, Lord. We couldn't get you out of our life, that everywhere we turn, that you'd just be there saying, here I am, come come hang out with me. Come on, let's do this together. Come on, let's go. Let's stop and worship right here. I know you're tired. I know you're burnt out. I know, just go ahead, just get on your knees. I'll, I'll refresh you if you just worship. Lord, help us, help us. We need you. We need you. says in John 14, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him.